Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, I'd also like to welcome you. I'm Charlie, lead pastor here. Really glad you guys are worshiping with us today. And um, we are in our series, kind of leading up to Christmas. We're going to talk about the uh, story of Mary today. And um, every now and then, I'll like trick my, uh, maybe trick's not the right word, but maybe it is. I'll trick my kids into helping me with my sermon prep. Like, like I'll just start talking to them, and I'll be like, like sometimes like a story happens, and I just like, oh, I think I should incorporate that. Sometimes you make the story happen. So, I, so um, I'm, I'm talking, and I'm talking to Heidi and Layla's in the room, and I'm, and we're, and I'm talking to Heidi about what I'm going to talk about on Sunday, in part because I wanted to get Layla's reaction to it. So again, yeah, we're talking about the story of Mary, and you guys don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna look some more of the details. You know, she was. She was a virgin and is visited by this angel. Mark talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And God says, you're going to have a baby, but it's not going to be because you had sex with your husband. God's going to put a baby there, and then, and, and then he's gonna, it's going to be Jesus. He's going to save the world. And it's like, um, and so that's, that's scary. And then all these kind of things happen to her, again, the things we look at today. And so I'm like, well, yeah, so we're going to talk about this Sunday about, about the story of Mary, about whether or not it's a good story or a bad story. And Layla just kind of looks with this, like, I don't know if disgust is the right word, absolute confusion. She's like, why would the story of Mary be a bad story? And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, and I was like, I didn't want to get into the virgin birth part of it with her in particular. But in that moment, I was like, well, you know, I mean, she had to, she had to have the baby. And she was born in a barn. And she, again, just kind of with this look of disgust, was like, she still got the baby. Like what? Like what? It didn't even make sense to her. Fast forward 24 hours. I got my 19 and almost 22 year old there, and we're hanging out. Like, and all of a sudden, like, just randomly, I'm like, yeah. I mean, so this Sunday we're gonna be talking about Mary, about what kind of story that really is. And then both of them, they they uh, they both just kind of lost it there for a minute. It's like that story is my worst nightmare. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, can you imagine, Dad? Can you imagine for one second? I come up to you and I'm like, Dad, I'm pregnant, but don't worry. It, I'm still a virgin. It's, it, God, God did this. And then, and, then, and then they just started riffing back and forth just about how terrifying that story is. And so I ask, I ask this question to you. Let, let, let you give an answer. The, the, the story of Mary is blank. What, what is it? What is it to you? What, how, would, how would you fill in that blank? Beginning to end from being visited by an angel, having a baby placed inside you, almost losing your fiancé, the journey to Bethlehem, all these things that we're talking about. Like, if, as, with, with what familiarity you have with this story to this point, what kind of story is that? And I guess, of course, I mean, the, 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 the simple cheating answer, I guess it depends, right? It just depends a little bit. Depends on you, right? I mean, like a 9-year-old girl versus 19- and 21-year-old girl, I mean, th th they see it differently. I mean, I guess it really depends on what part of the story you're kind of, when I ask you that, what, what part of the story pops into your mind. And so... Kind of with that, I'll tell you the story of Layla, I'll tell you the story of Maylee and Lauren. 
is Layla is Layla naive? Are Maley and Lauren cynical? Combination combination of both? Because really it's not just about the story of Mary. Really it's just about all of our stories. It's about the big picture story of your life and it's about the, the particular story that you're walking through right now. Because again, is your story as it's being told right now, is it a good story? Is the thing that you're going through right now, is it a good story? Is it a bad story? And so what I want us to do is I just kind of want us to look at the story of Mary and just kind of the journey that she goes on and then ultimately kind of tie it together with what this means about the story that God is telling in your life. So again, as Mark talked about a couple of weeks ago, he, he, he talked about a um, story where she is, she is visited by, uh, by an angel. And uh, right after that, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, she's just found out that she's going to be pregnant. She's going to give birth to the Messiah. Verse 39, Luke chapter 1. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Rewind, pause right here for a second. Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, Mark also mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, six months before uh, Mary is visited by an angel, an angel visits Zechariah and Elizabeth and told that their son is going to be who is, becomes John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, ultimately now we're going to find out, is Jesus' cousin but also plays this role in Jesus' ministry. It's kind of a, he, he's kind of, I don't know, opening act. Is that okay? Like, 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 like the, the teaser, he kind of comes out and is like, hey, get ready, the Messiah is coming. And so he's this very important figure to kind of prepare Israel for the coming of Jesus. And by, by God's design, Elizabeth, who was going to be John the Baptist's mom, and Mary are related, all right? So that's where she's going. She's going to Zechariah and Elizabeth's house. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb, leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So this, this is how her story began. Well, I guess it technically begins with a really scary encounter with an angel and a lot of confusion. But then she goes from there immediately to be with her cousin Elizabeth. And in this moment, there's just nothing but pure joy right here. She's in a place where there is no doubt in anybody's mind there that exactly what is happening to Mary, everyone believes it. <coughs> Something very similar had happened to them. They, they knew that this was coming, and they were completely and totally excited. In fact, Liz was like, even the baby in my belly is really excited. He's jumping in there, and we're excited for you, and we know that you are incredibly blessed. And every and just so excited. And for all of the time that she's there, she's surrounded by people who love her, who are encouraging her, and look at this at this thing that has happened to her as only a joy. And so as we're talking about what the story of Mary is, the story of Mary, well, it starts with blessing and encouragement. That's where it starts. 
She is tremendously blessed, and she is tremendously encouraged. God is doing something really cool in your life, and we consider it a privilege even to be next to you, and, and, and we love that you are here. Thanks for coming. Like We, we don't even consider ourselves worthy of, of being near you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and, just, and, and for all of this time, she's incredibly encouraged, and she feels like this thing that has happened to her is a huge blessing. And that's a, lot, that's a way a lot of God's stories will typically start. And here she was, she, you know, unknown. She was just nobody. And not sure what she was going through. And, 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 and God saw her. God saw her and says, I'm going to do something really cool in your life. And he comes and he finds her in her, in her, in her isolation, in her, in her just anonymity. And he says, I'm going to take you, just this ordinary person, and I'm going to do something incredible in your life and through your life. And probably for a lot of us, we probably do remember, we remember a moment when, when God did something in your life. He's like, he just brought me from this place to this place. I was, I was hurting, I was confused, I was alone, I was struggling. And what I needed was, I, I needed God's hand in some way. I needed his encouragement. I needed him to lift me up. You know, for a lot of people, the stereotypical story revolves around going to camp, right? I went, I was, I was a kid, I went to this church camp, and this church camp thing happened. They, they call it the church camp high or church camp experience where something really cool happens and you have this overwhelming sense of emotion. You have this sense of which, man, I know in this moment that God has me. And, and there's a lot of joy and you're kind of, and you're kind of, carried you're kind of carried on the emotion of this and i would encourage you if you find yourself in a different place than that right now i would encourage you to look back i would encourage you to look back in those moments where i knew god was there and and and, and i knew that he was doing something in my life and i knew that he was encouraging me and blessing me because that's often how these stories start. And that's how her story starts. It starts with this kind of blessing and encouragement. And it turns out, verse 56 of Luke chapter 1, that, um, that she was there for three months. Luke 156 says this. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So she was there for three months. If you think about it, it's the first three months of pregnancy. She's not, you know, not really showing her anything. And she's there and she's surrounded by all these people who love and totally believe her. And she's with them there for three months. And it's a little bit, again, she's being carried around on this cloud. Surrounded by people who love her and encouraging her. And then after three months, she has to go home. What that feels like to me is a little bit like, like like coming home from vacation, you know, you're coming home like you're on vacation, and for like a week, a, a week, three days, four days, a weekend or whatever, you're like, I don't have a job. Maybe maybe you're fortunate enough to be able to go. Like I ain't got no kids right now. Like like I don't have any responsibilities. Everything around me is great, 
And this has been a weekend to remember. This has been one of the best weeks. And then suddenly that day before, you're like, all of a sudden you get notifications on your phone. It's time to check in for the flight. Or they, they slide the little thing under your door at the hotel. It's like, make sure you got your check-in papers. Like, oh, yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go home, where all the r- r- responsibilities and stuff are. And so Mary s- starts. It starts with blessing and encouragement, but ultimately, what's going to happen next is it has a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of twists and turns in her story. So now she goes home, and now she's definitely pregnant. Right, and everyone knows. And the story that we talked about last week in the, in the, in the way it was described in Matthew, it described uh, what happened with Joseph was, and, and when she was found to be pregnant, she basically then describes Joseph as completely devastated. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to shame you too much, but obviously you and I can't. We, we can't continue with our engagement. We can't, we can't get married. And we don't really know how long a gap there was between the time that Joseph found out and the numerous conversations that I'm sure that they had and the anxiety and the fear when ultimately the um, angel then comes to visit Joseph and says, no, it's cool. It's, it's going to be fine. God did this. You should take her as your wife. And he does. I mean, the shortest window of time it could be would be one day. But it was probably several days. And every one of those days, from the incredible amount of joy and acceptance and encouragement that she's feeling from her time with her cousin, has now turned into, I've come home, and now all of a sudden kind of life is punching me in the face. Now suddenly I'm about to lose my fiance. And suddenly I'm not around people whose babies are leaping with joy in their womb and talking about how I am blessed amongst all women, but I'm 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 walking around and all of a sudden people kind of take a step back and go, crazy, 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 crazy. And now there's now there's rumors. And now there's weird looks. And now I'm about to lose my fiance. And so I'm guessing it was what I call, so but 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 God steps in there. God steps in there and you know and, and gets Joseph back, but still, she's still having to kind of just navigate what I would imagine is just a minefield of gossip and, and weird looks. But now we're finally getting to the end of the pregnancy. And then suddenly, just just out of nowhere. The uh, the governor, the Roman governor of the region, says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a census, and we need to find out wh- who who all's here, how many people there are, and where everybody's from. And in order to do this, you need to go back to the hometown of your of of your extended family." Which you know, for some people, might have been like, "Well, that's kind of cool. It's weird. Maybe if we don't get it." But it's kind of cool. We're all going to be like a family reunion. We'll all go back to where we're from. We'll get to see all of our extended family. It'll be really cool. And I'm imagining eight months pregnant. Um, Mary was like, "Can can we just not though? Like like I mean, I don't I don't want to travel. And they were very poor. It wasn't like elegant travel. 
mean, you've seen the pictures. At best, she was riding on a donkey. She probably had to walk for a lot of it. Miles. Like, this is the last thing that I want. And to be honest, can she be honest for a second? Not only is this the last thing I want to do, I want to travel. These aren't exactly, these aren't the people. Joseph, I don't want to be around your family right now. I, I see the way your family looks at me. I see what your fa- I know what your family thinks about me. I know what they're saying. Can we just can we just not? But, you know, you don't get to veto the Roman governor. And so they do this. And so again, for those of you who know the story, they get there, and the way that the story was always told was that there was no room in the inn, right? Um And, and we're going to look at this passage here in just a second as we kind of continue. But it wasn't just that there was no room at the end. It's really not the right way to say it. It wasn't like in this really small rural town in first century Palestine that there were hotels. This was, they were, they were just in this small town where all of Joseph's extended family was. And now everybody's just trying to find a place to sleep. And if you had suddenly 30 people show up at your house and you had to find beds. Now you've got to find priorities. Who gets the first bed? The eight-month pregnant woman, right? Write that down. Next, aging parents. Just write that down. If you're, not, if you're confused, just write that down. There was no room for her anywhere. She, this, this, was, this was extended family. And there was no room for, no one could spare a bed for her, but I guess you guys can be in the barn. It's all cute when you set up your nativity scene though, right? It's kind of cute. And, and, the, and the donkey's there, and somehow that's cute. And, and, and the horses, and that, somehow that's cute. And there's sheep there, and that's cute. So um, just imagine you're in your hospital delivery room with sheep. And a donkey and a horse. It's not cute. I don't care how cute your nativity scene looks. It's not cute. And so I ask you this question. She's got this tremendous blessing and everybody loves her and is exciting. And now this, this life, this journey that she's going on has all these twists and turns. I ask you this. What is real life? What is life? Like, so, uh, I'll say it another way. You know, it, you, you say this. You're like, you know, something just seems off. Something about my life right now seems off. What does it mean for it to be off? Which parts of that story is life being normal and the other one is something's off? And again, that's not a question that necessarily has a a particular straightforward answer, but it does say something about you, your answer to that question. If we believe that what life is, especially a life before we're on this journey with God the way that Mary is, the blessed one, the chosen one, most favored one is what she has been called, who has been given this great and awesome task. What should that journey be like? And when is it off? Is it supposed to be like the three months with Elizabeth? And that's what it's supposed to be. And then the next six months where things were off. Or is 
that three months with Mary like a gracious blessing and vacation from what actual life is. Or, to just be even more complex, is all of that what it is? Because sometimes I think we just, we, just, we just get a little confused. We just get a little confused about what life is supposed to be. We think that life is favored and blessed and everybody loves me and the baby and my, is, is, is leaping for joy. And then all of this is there's something wrong. Well, it ain't good. That doesn't mean life's broken. It just, it just is. All of this is. And what I think about the story and what I think about the story in this moment and what I'm going through, a lot of that is just going to depend on how I view life, how I view God, how I view me. So the story wraps up like this. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in, in a manger, because there was, no guest, there was no guest room available for them. So it starts with this overwhelming blessing and encouragement has all these twists and turns, and it ends with the birth of Jesus. Which was Layla's big picture point. Dad, in the end, she had baby Jesus with her. What do you even mean this could be a bad story? She's got the baby Jesus with her. In the end, for those of you guys who, who, who know the story, the, the, the shepherds are going to come and, and all of these things start to come together, which we're going to talk about the shepherds next week and kind of our last Sunday before, before Christmas. And, and, and she gets to have this really cool moment with them, and it says that in her heart, she's like, this was so cool that, that God had reached out to these shepherds and they came and they were celebrating these worships. And it says this, it says this to describe her. It says that she took all of these things and she cherished them and she pondered them deeply in her own heart. You can just imagine her in this moment. Scary angel. I don't want to be pregnant. And Wait, Elizabeth and Zachariah, they get it, and they love me, and we're all together, and this is celebrating and awesome, and I almost lost my fiancé, and there's all this weird gossip, and now we're having to travel, and now I've got this baby, and now there's all these shepherds, and they're telling these stories about angels and all of these things. And she has this moment where from beginning to end, she now has this nine-month journey, and she's taking all of it, and she's treasuring it and pondering it in her heart. And so I don't know where you are big picture in your story. And I don't know where you are right now 
in, in whatever current chapter of your story that you're going through. Because honestly, for Mary, this is just a chapter. Now, she's got 33 years. She's going to raise Jesus. She's going to see him become an adult. She's going to watch him suffer and die. I mean, this is just one chapter. But in this chapter, right now, she's treasuring, she's pondering, what chapter are you in? And I ask you this, as you're looking at your life and what God is doing in your life and what's going on with you, I ask this, which one of these describes you better? In light of the overwhelming blessings that God has put in my life, I just can't even see or remember the trials. Or, in light of the trials and the things that I have gone through, I just can't even really remember the blessings. In that moment, it was blessings for me. It had been a long journey, it had been an incredible journey, but in that moment, it was blessings. And I would imagine that she would have done it all over again, again and again and again. All the trials, all the weird, the traveling, all the gossip, all the everything, in light of the blessings. And again, the, the examples to this are, are, are endless. What's it like having a newborn? Is it good or bad? Huh, it depends. Where are we? Week week two? Week two is not the way. But you get through it. Like I, I think about I think I mean we, we we you know it's it's been <coughs> eight years now since our last newborn. Week do you remember the six weeks that you don't sleep? When it's over? How about how about raising a teenager? Not everybody gets to relate to that, so I'm just going to talk about it. Raising a teenager, is it good or bad? Mmm, mmm. It's all of it, and it's all totally worth it. Marriage, is it good or bad? Mmm. Depends on that moment, right? In that moment, it's like... in. It depends on where I put my eyes at the moment. Am I focusing on the last fight we had? Am I focusing on the thing that she didn't quite do? Or am I focused on the overwhelming amount of joy that my spouse brings to me? Life walking with God, is it good or bad? It's good. And we need to put our eyes and our heart on that focus that the blessing, my heart and mind are so much on the blessings that God brings to my life that it's hard for me to even remember the trials. Because in the end, for Mary, she went through a lot, but in the end, now for her it's going to be literal. At the end of her trial, she literally brought Jesus to the world. And that is the incredible opportunity that you have, metaphorically, spiritually. I'm in this chapter, I'm in this journey, I'm in this ups and downs of my life. And in the end, 
as I'm walking through it, the opportunity that I have is to bring Jesus to a world that needs it. Every trial that we've encountered, every blessing that we experience, every, every, every interaction that we have with God is an opportunity for us to bring the hope and life of Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. I feel like I say this a lot, and I think I say it a lot because I really believe a lot that the world needs this. And the hope that the world needs is that in a life that just seems off, there is hope and life in Jesus Christ. That God will be with you every step of the way. And when this chapter is finished, and when the story of your life is finished, you will be able to look back and say, it wasn't perfect. But it was good because God was with me all the time and he did something awesome in my life and through my life to bring Jesus and the hope to a world that desperately needs it. So I really do, I just encourage you. This is not some fake optimism I'm trying to get you to have. I'm not trying to get you where you're not looking at life for really what it is. But I would love it if we could all focus our heart and our minds on the tremendous blessing and and the overwhelming encouragement that life with God can be. And if we put our heart and our focus on that, that carries us through the trials. And then to also believe That part of the reason why I go through these trials is so the world can see the hope that we have in Jesus. So the answer to the question is, what's Mary's story like? I mean, it's like, it's good. I'm team Layla. In light of what happened, it was all worth it. So I just pray, again, wherever you are in your story, as we have our time of response, as we, as we worship together, as we, as we have some response area in the back, we have, there's our prayer team is back there, there's communion available, there's prayer candles, pray at the cross. We're going to worship, we're going to give. And let's just, let's just pray for each other, for the encouragement that we need to kind of get through where we are, that God would help us, each one of us, have a heart and a perspective that says, I'm going to look to Him, and I'm going to so focus my heart on the blessings that He's put in my life that I just won't be able to, the trials just can't get me the way they used to. And then let's just pray that God would give us each individually, and us as a church as an opportunity to bring hope to the world that needs it. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for Mary. I thank you for this journey that she's on. God, I thank you for the, the ups and downs of it. God, I thank you again. Just with so many of these, they're just real. And God, in each one of our lives, God, you have touched us and done something really cool in our lives.
And God, I pray that we would remember. We would remember those awesome moments. And that, God, wherever we are right now, if we're walking through a trial, or, God, we're about to be on the other side of it, God, I pray that we would always remember and always have hope and always trust and know that you're in our story and our story will end with you in our lives and it will be a good story. You are creating a good story in our life no matter what this current trial feels like. And God, I pray that we would be bring that hope to the world that needs it. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.